0: I really believe that inspired leaders are curious.
1: Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to our first show. On this episode, we're kicking things off by talking about servant leadership. You know the phrase, servant leadership? It was coined back in 1970 by a guy with the name Robert Greenleaf. And Robert said, servant leadership is servant first. It begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve first. Servant leaders talk about we or you. They don't talk about I. They coach their teams rather than command them. And they ask questions rather than tell. You know, if you ask many people about servant leadership, they'll say that it's the highest form of leadership. And when you ask people about that old thing that we learned about in school, Maslow's hierarchy, most people will say that self-actualization is the top end of that hierarchy. In fact, it's not. Transcendence is the top of the hierarchy. According to Maslow, you cannot become your very best until you're helping others to become even better. Servant leaders put others before them. So today, the Inspiring Leaders podcast, on our very first episode, we want to pay tribute to servant leaders by putting you first. Today we have one of the best examples of servant leadership that I've ever come across. Ever since I've known her, Meredith Thatcher has been helping others to become more successful than they otherwise would be without her. She's a dynamic workplace strategist and change management consultant. She's the founder and president of a small but mighty workplace strategy consulting firm, Thatcher Workplace Consulting, here in Canada. She's a veteran of facility management, and she's got a ton of professional credentials. In addition to being a fellow of the International Facility Management Association, she's also a Prosci change management specialist and a certified facility manager. Meredith's been published extensively in journals, in conference proceedings, and she's a sought-after keynote speaker. She's absolutely passionate about facility management and a sought-after expert in this space by companies all over the place. Meredith, Welcome to Inspiring Leaders.
0: Terry, thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here and to be part of your very first podcast. Thank you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that we're having a servant leader as our very first guest on here. I have a question for you to kick things off. This question is something that I'm going to ask every one of our guests What leader has inspired you and why?
0: You know, Terry, that's a great question. And it's one that I actually put to my students on a regular basis. And I really had to think about who this was, but. Because I've had so many in my life, but I would say the most inspiring leader that that I have in my life that I look up to is actually my mother. funny that it's Mother's Day on the weekend, but it's really appropriate. I had the opportunity to work for her, with her, and then her work for me over the last almost 40 years. That's where I really got my grounding and my values about what does it mean to be a leader, especially looking at her as a female as a trailblazer in this industry that was that was really a majority male industry when she first entered. So it was a great opportunity for me just to learn at her knee.
1: That is pretty cool and it's funny as you said you and I are actually recording this very close to mother's day. So that's a pretty good answer I would say. <laughs> A lot of us have actually learned from our parents, but you've had the pleasure of working with your mother in a professional capacity, so that's pretty cool. Now, you and I met a few years ago, and I've always been really impressed with your overall approach to business, and especially how you're always helping others. It seems that there's no end to what you're willing to do to help colleagues and friends. You always seem like you're putting other people first, building them up, connecting them with other people and resources that might help them out. And I'm always wondering about this perspective because it seems like it's a little too rare in the business world today. This whole idea of servant leadership. I really want to find out where did this come from for you? It would have started
0: with my mother because this is something that has been woven through my career the entire time about how do we put people first. In the business of workplace strategy, change management, that is about the people. It's about creating environments for human beings. So it is about putting them first. So everything we do from a technical perspective is about putting them first. But from a very personal perspective, it's just something that I believe in. I want to be able to hold my head up five years from now. And I can give you an example. I had a very tough situation about seven and a half years ago when we decided to shut down the family business. And it's a traumatic experience, even though it was the best decision. It's still traumatic. My parents had retired and it was just, I was finding, minding and grinding and it was too much Uh, and I needed to, I needed to change my life. But I also recognized that by doing that, I was going to affect every single employee. And that's what kept me awake at night was how did I look after my employees? And so my focus, regardless of all the financial stuff and all the lawyers and everything that had to go that had to happen, was how did I make sure that my employees were looked after? Me? You know, it's really interesting to see that even though I laid them all off, I, they were all laid off by noon on a Friday. They stayed with me, even though they, they didn't have a job, they stayed with me to help clear out the office and sort out the files and do all that. And then a week later, we could be found all of us sitting in my living room with laptops all working on bids because I we were able to distribute projects so that those who wanted to go out and start their own business were able to do so.
1: You had to lay them off and they stuck around afterwards and continued working with you?
0: They did, some of them for a couple of weeks. Wow. Just to help. And in my mind, that was, that was really an indicator of how hard we had worked to look after them the whole time they had worked for us. The work that we had done to build their careers and help them That they understood that this was this was not about being difficult you know it wasn't about doing something to them it was recognizing we were all going through the same experience but how could I help them through it yeah Uh, and that was really my focus because at the end of it someone said now what are you going to do and I said I don't know I'm unemployed and I have no idea what my next step is
1: so you were working to help them out even before you figured out what your next steps were absolutely you know, for anybody that's listening right now, that might actually sound like a bit of a shocker, but for me, that now that I've known you for a while, to me, this is just, this is who you are.
0: Yes it, 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 yes, it is just who I am. I love to connect people. I love to help people if they're, you know, someone says, you know, I'm out of a job, what do I do? And I'll say, what are you looking for? And then I'll talk to my friends and say, are you looking for anybody? And see if there's a connection there.
1: It also seems to me that you've developed an amazing network of people out there.
0: I have an incredible network of people. Some of it is through the work that I do here in Ottawa. Some of it is through my membership in IFMA. So I have a network of people around the world. And a large amount of it is probably some of the most soul-satisfying is through the High Heels and Hard Hats events that we do.
1: Yeah, talk. let's talk about this, the High Heels and Hard Hats. What? Tell me a little bit more about that.
0: Well, that actually started when a colleague of mine said that she wanted to get up on stage and speak at a conference, but she was too nervous to do it by herself. And would I do it with her? And I said, sure. And I said, what do you want to talk about? And, and she said, I don't know, I'll call you back. And a week later, I got a message saying, she goes, I want to talk about women in facility management. And I said, nope, won't do it. Uh, Because I really don't believe in separating women from men in business. Uh, Then a couple of weeks later, I went off to, I was teaching uh, some facility managers uh, down in Texas. And I got every single woman in in those classes came up to me individually and said, where do I get help about being a woman in this business? So I called my friend back and I said, okay, the universe has spoken. We're going to do it. It's amazing what has happened with High Heels and Hard Hats. The first one, I believe, was uh, 2010, and it was with this woman and actually three women from that class. So we did a panel that was, that was just incredible. We now have do it every year, and then uh, last November, we actually did it as a keynote at a, a conference to 750 people. It stopped becoming just a story about the panelists and became the inspiration of the people in the room.
1: So it's having a really positive ripple effect.
0: It is. And every once in a while, I get an email that someone sends me that they got as a panelist saying, oh my God, look at the impact I had on this person's life. So it's not just about me doing what I do, but it's setting an example for other women and other men, other people in business to do the same thing. It is. It's very cool. So Terry, one of the things that I developed last year was a high heels and hard hats manifesto, because we were trying to explain to people why these events were so special. And some of the elements of this manifesto actually speak to servant leadership. So there is uh, one of them is share your experience over you should. So the telling, you right. know, so it's come with me as opposed to you should do something. Yeah. There is another one uh, that we call create opportunity for others overtaking the limelight yourself. So it's putting people forward, leading from behind. Right. The, uh, there's another one that we talk about bravery over perfection. So a servant leader has to, there's risk associated in doing that. And so it's not about being perfect, but it's about being brave and people saying, okay, well, she stuck her neck out and it worked. Awesome. Or maybe it didn't, but at least you did it.
1: Oh, that's very powerful. You know, I've heard it said many times before that being brave isn't overcoming your fear. It's about being afraid and doing it anyway.
0: Absolutely. It's, you know what? (laughs) There is a line that say, fake it till you make it. But that's not what really what this is about. It's about, you know what? I'm nervous. I'm terrified. I have no idea how this is going to work. I've done the best plan I can, but I'm going for it anyway.
1: Right. That's great.
0: And I think one of the last ones that really connects is this idea of participating over sitting back and, and observing. Because I think that there are some leaders that say, you know, go get this done and I'll watch you do it. Whereas the servant leader, you know, they pitch in and they're participating in whatever going on.
1: Okay, Meredith, now I'm curious because uh, as a a servant leader and a great example of one, I see you doing things every day that I wish I'd see with other leaders. Give me a sense of uh, what perspectives you take to this and what you incorporate into your day-to-day as a servant leader. Oh, that's a good question, Terry.
0: I think one of the big ones for me is building an environment of trust. Not only that I trust people, but they can trust me. For me, trust has two sides because it has to be balanced. One side being competence, which is what people are usually talking about when I trust somebody. Uh, but the other side is benevolence. How so? Is it being done for m- not just their benefit, but my benefit as well? So are they looking after me? So if I trust somebody or if somebody wants me to trust them, the only way I can do that is if I believe they're capable of doing what it, whatever it is that I've asked them to do and that they're looking after me in the process. They're thinking of my best interests. It's not just their best interest, so it's a so it's balance all the way around. And the way you do that is listening to people, you know. So do, so do you actually listen to what they have to say, and you're not preparing to respond at this point, but you're listening and you're taking you're you're taking their ideas into account. The, there's another element that I, uh, this is one I learned from my mother, which was uh, just because somebody is doing something differently doesn't make it wrong. It's really important because we all establish things that work for us and we do things in a way that we believe is the best way. Trust is part of that is if I can s- step back out of my needs and my perceptions and really look at what they're doing and say, you know what, it is different. That doesn't make it wrong, though. So it's not about taking over or telling them what to do. It's about allowing them to grow and to try things. I learned my father had a policy. If you're not making any mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. So again, perfection was not a good thing in my family.
1: You know, you've also reminded me of a quote that I uh, was thinking about from Theodore Roosevelt. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care.
0: Yes, absolutely. And people don't remember what you said or what you did. They remember how you made them feel.
1: Oh, that's brilliant.
0: And I think that's Maya Angelou who said that, but that's what they remember is how did I feel? Right. And I say to people, that's part of that intuitive reaction that people get. They say intuitively, you know, I can't put my finger on it, but this person's amazing or I can't put my finger on it and this person's awful. It's all about how you feel, how they made you feel.
1: That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant.
0: Well, I'll give that one to Maya Angelou.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good quote, actually. Meredith, that's absolutely awesome. I'm so glad that we had you on here with this message because as I said before, I really do believe that there's a gap with a lot of uh, leaders today, and this is definitely part of it. And that actually brings me to two questions that I'm going to be asking to every person who comes on to Inspiring Leaders. And the first question is, what challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders?
0: Well, Terry, yeah, I spend a lot of time with leaders in my job because they are trying to figure out how do they create a workplace that not only drives their strategy, but also engages their employees. So there's a couple of things that I see, obviously just personal stress, just trying to keep up with the workload of, what, of what's going on. Uh, but the pace of change it's overwhelming trying to keep up with everything that's changing in the world today. But I think there's, there's another element, and I see it regularly in those sort of the workplace and change management work that we do, is the disconnect between the demographics in the office. And that is, and what I'm talking about is, um, does somebody 60 understand what somebody 25, how they think, how they work, how their brain works, what's important to them? Because the different demographics have different expectations. And the millennials and then the digital natives who are coming. Because the digital natives are, they grew up with the, I call them the, the I generation. They grew up with the iPhone and the iPad. And so their expectation of technology is, it's ubiquitous. And, and what do you mean you're going to make me work on a desktop? Or, you know, did it ever occur to you to Google that? <laughs> so. Yeah, or or, and I think one of the ones that I found so interesting recently was my nephew in grade four was asked his favorite TV show. And he said, I don't watch TV. I'll tell you my favorite YouTube
1: channel. Wow, that's a different way of looking at things.
0: (laughs) So that there's a there is a disconnect happening. um, And I think for a lot of leaders who are seeing what's going on out there in the world, trying to keep up with what's going on in their companies. And are they keeping things moving forward and fresh and modern? It's like a trapeze, you know, are they brave enough to let go of the old traditional transactional way of working and moving to something um, modern and new and mobile? So suddenly we're not managing by presence anymore. We're managing by outcomes. We're having to learn to modify our own personal behavior because we can't rely on the social elements that we got in the workplace anymore because they aren't there. The people aren't there. So suddenly it's a virtual world. And how do they know that I am looking after them? How do they know that I care about them?
1: Okay, now this leads me to my last question. Now, you know that on this podcast, we're on a quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. So my next question is, what does inspired leadership mean to you?
0: So number one, it's the ability to acknowledge issues, good or bad, and face them with integrity. And it can be painful, but you have to make those decisions uh, and you have to move forward with integrity, which means it's the long term. It's the long game here. It's not the immediate feedback and the, the immediate results. But I, and you need to be able to say in five years time, I did the right thing. You know, I can hold my head high. But I think, and I had this conversation with a friend of mine recently about what keeps people passionate. How come they get perceived as passionate and full of energy? And I think it's about staying curious. Interesting. I really believe that inspired leaders are curious. They're curious about what's going on in their employees' lives. They're curious as to why something worked or didn't work inside the organization. They're curious as to what's going on out there in the world. They're curious about new technology. They're curious about meeting new people, but it's about staying open to new ideas and new experiences and new people, because that's what's going to drive us forward. If you don't do that, you're going to end up being stale and stagnant and left behind.
1: I think that is absolutely brilliant. Meredith, that is a great answer. Thank you so much for your contribution, for sharing with us some of your experiences and your perspectives. I think you've just helped a whole bunch of people out there. Because as we said before, aiming for this whole idea of servant leadership is something that would benefit all of us. If people want to connect with you, how can they find you?
0: Well, you can find, I'm found on LinkedIn, Meredith Thatcher on LinkedIn. Um, I have a website. Uh, the website is faceneedsanalysis.com. Uh, and there's a funny story behind that one because it's not my company name. It's the search term. Uh, so it's the most common search term when people don't know what to start.
1: Space needs analysis.com.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, and so uh, they can get me uh, through the website. It gets me to my email and that's actually the easiest way to get a hold of me.
1: And what's your email?
0: Meredith at space needs
1: Well, thanks again for being part of inspiring leaders and for sharing your perspectives and experiences. Meredith, that was absolutely excellent. And I really do appreciate all of the conversation that we've had today.
0: Well, Terry, it was great. And thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Thanks again for being part of our quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Wherever you are, we hope that we've helped to inspire you and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. Until next time, take care, everybody. Bye for now.